Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is April 21st, and the Danny Cooper interview has been resurrected. It's brought back to life, and we re-recorded it, and it's and it's here on this episode today. Get ready for yes, yes. yes. Get ready for a therapy session of the Ritz <laughs> Brothers. Um, yeah, a therapy session. Maybe, maybe we kind of go in on John Ritz a little bit. Kind maybe, of, yeah. Kind of go in on our dad just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, it felt good to get some kumbaya. Um, kind of ha- have hash it out a little bit. Yeah, I think it, it was fun, and um, I think too, uh, just in this whole quarantine environment, if you are living with a loved one, roommates. Uh, family, whatever it is. I mean, this, this session was great with her that just, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about um, other people and how to interact too. So uh, I thought Danny was, was awesome and, and really fun. And it, it would be oh, a cool nice like, to say about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Danny Cooper. Okay. Uh, so we, we have a little bit different of an episode today. Uh, Danny Cooper, who is our guest, she is uh, an Enneagram specialist. And this is the, in case you missed this, this is the interview that Kevin deleted. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago, this interview was supposed to air and Kevin deleted it because he's a total type nine. I mean, yeah. classic yeah. type nine thing yeah. to do. It just, just, that's why, you know, type one's my lowest score. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, just a classic low type one score kind of guy move. Yeah. So this is a re- she came back on. We redid the interview. Um, it was good because we had kind of forgotten a lot of, of what we <laughs> talked about the first time. So it was yeah. It was a re reawakening. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah. So now now we're finally going to air that. And that's a long interview, but um, it's really fun, and we had a blast doing it. Yeah. So uh, again, she's an enneagram specialist. So it's a lot of fun. We get into just a lot of topics about how humans act and and what motivates people to be the way they are so a really cool why episode. are you the way that you are? yes yes after you hear this interview i guarantee you you're going to want to do some research on it and figure out what type you are so mm-hmm. so do that uh and then if you have more questions and want to get deeper then talk to danny cooper because uh, she will break everything down for you which is awesome all right, so that is what we have cooking for you guys later in the episode on the interview. Uh, but we'll we'll start as we do um, most weeks with uh, some openings and closings. Yeah, um, what's opening this week? So opening for all you fitness enthusiasts out there uh, is the Boulevard NEK, uh, which is um, what it sounds like. It's a however much activity you want to do. You can do it. So you can do a, a point so one it's a K. race, it's like a, a yes, like a three K or a five K, a five K race, kind of. But you could do a point one K. You could hmm. do a ten K. You could do whatever you really wanted. Half a K. I don't know. Half a K. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, this is perfect because I just started um, working or running again, and mm-hmm. like tra- kind of trying to get in shape this COVID season. Yeah. And, um, and now they're just like getting rid of the, the, the five K's. And so I have no way to really prove to others that I've been working out if yes. I can't post 
on Instagram, like me completing a real 5K. So yes. I guess I'll just have to post me completing the any K, but then, you know, post how long I actually ran, you know, that I actually did. Yeah. Well, you know, no one likes to just post their, I mean, I guess some people like to just post their fitness workouts and them working out. A lot of people do that. Okay. That's common. But if you're a person who doesn't, but maybe, you know, you want to look sporty for the gram, uh, this is a perfect excuse to do that. The Boulevard NEK, anyone can sign up and participate. You can run however far you want. Uh, If you go and register, uh, it's saying that um, they might have ran out of sweatbands and koozies, but I'd still go register. Maybe you'll get a, an easy sport uh, sweatband and koozie. Um, uh, it, it, registration ends April 25th. And then. Uh, Ooh, special day. Yeah, well, yeah, that's Janie's birthday. Um, but um, also, uh, the actual race will be on May 2nd, is when we'll, everyone will get together or not get together, mm-hmm. do it on your own. And run and then post about it. And, and post hash- about it. And if you hashtag easy sport any K, you'll be entered to win a Garmin sports watch. Smart watch. Mm. Yeah. Heck yeah. I know. Let's do it. So that's I'll be opening. participating. And I'll be I'm- doing the full 5K. All right, folks? Okay. All right. Um, Challenge. Yes. Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And I guess that is, too, also opening April 25th this week. But what that's your 31st year of life is opening too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I'm not uh, used to, um, you know, birthday weeks during COVID season, but yeah, um, that's tough. That's tough. But yeah, I'll be turned 31, pretty, pretty uh, irrelevant. So, um, <laughs> not really important, but we do have someone very important who I share the birthday with who's turning 94, my oh, grandma yes. Ritz, who is a my grandma Ritz, who is a um, regular listener, yes. she always listens. That's why we kind of have to tamper occasionally tone, what we Tone say. down the Just language tone. a little bit. But Grandma Ritz is turning 94. She still listens to podcasts. Yes. She's big, she might be our number one fan. She mm-hmm. often criticizes Kevin's audio quality. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Criticizes our grammar. But, uh-huh. you know, that's to be expected. But Grandma Ritz, happy 94th birthday. Happy birthday, Grandma. I said it first. Grandma, I said it first. <laughs> Plus, I'm your birthday buddy. Yeah. Uh, April 25th, Grandma Ritz, 94. Yes. So, happy birthday to our number one listener out there. Um, so, that those are our, our openings this week. Um, closing this week, um, I guess we can stay on the Boulevard theme uh, for the first one. Uh, and it's too bad that Boulevardia has decided um, to not um, – go on with its concert and festival this year due to COVID. So, um, well, it's probably oh, fortunate that they're not going. Yeah, it's probably fortunate, it's unfortunate, but the whole, the whole situation. Yeah. But I'm so going to miss it. We went last year, we interviewed O'Neill events, uh, who puts on Boulevardia. Uh, I think they were to, like our third interview maybe. Yeah. And we talked to them right before Boulevardia and uh, man, I feel for those guys cause they put, I mean, the hours and time that they put into planning all that and booking guests and getting stages set up. And it was supposed to move to a new location in the um, uh, Crown Center area. Uh, but uh, it will be no more this year. So uh, that take it off your calendar. That's a real bummer. They're refunding all the tickets. Uh, and they still plan to have Boulevardia in 2021. So uh, it, but, it yeah. will be back. It will, it will be, be back. back. With a vengeance. Yeah, but just, just just too bad that it's not happening this year. 
Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, I I drank about uh, twenty five um, tropical pale ales at Boulevardia last year, and so mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss that. Uh, I'm gonna miss that event. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, closing this week, uh, we have Bravo. Yeah, Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> I never went Tell to Bravo. It. Yeah, um, it's part of a big Italian uh, or big restaurant chain. Bravo, and then which is in uh, town center, and then uh, Brio, which is uh, on the plaza. Bravo is closing for good. Brio just temporarily, it looks like, but the the um, the company, the restaurant group, owns about ninety nine. Uh, said in the article, restaurants, and um, and yeah, they've had to file for bankruptcy. So it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they have to close all their restaurants, but um, because the best performing ones are staying open, which I guess Brio on the plaza was. Yeah, I mean that's always crowded. Brio on the Plaza has an awesome happy hour up Killer upstairs. Hour. Killer mm-hmm. upstairs on the patio too up there. I mean appetizers are half price. Drinks are very um, affordable too during happy hour. Um, I had I think my first homecoming dance in high school. We ate at Brio. Um, we ate at uh, Carmen's Carmen's <laughs> Cafe <laughs> in Brookside. Like, how did we choose these things? I, I don't know how we decided and landed on those things. Gino Ferrara, his dad, like, knew the owner of Carmen's. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what anyone ordered. We just paid 40 bucks a person. Pretty sweet. I was like, but mm, maybe not. And you had to pay cash. Whoa. <laughs> that's normal. That's normal. Yeah, that's totally normal. <laughs> uh, so Bravo um, closing. Brio staying open, though. Uh, or yeah. just temporarily closing during the Brio, all this their stuff. happy hour has like um, like cosmos or and martinis and stuff on it mm-hmm. very good so once once this is all lifted and we can get back out there uh, it's a great spot for happy hour um, so that is our openings and closings for the week um, and so that'll take us into what we tried this week around uh, around town, which is a little difficult nowadays um, because uh, we can get out there and get takeout food and all that but there's it's harder to, to try things during this season so both of our activities are indoor that we tried this week so i'll let i'll let you go first there ritzer um i did some q cuts mm-hmm. q cuts are quarantine cuts aka had megan my wife um try to cut my hair um she did a good job she she nailed it um and um we used my beard trimmers your what? My beard trimmers. Oh, you have a beard trimmer? Mm-hmm. I was just saying, I, would, I, I could be Megan's next customer. I don't know if you can check this hair out right now, but it yeah. is out of control. Just absolutely wild. It's not good. <laughs> How'd it um, go? How, how do you feel about but yours? She did well, yeah. She was very, she was very nervous. Um, like, I had the guard on, but and, and that's what the guard is for. It's to guard against you know, cutting, yeah. but she would still like, just not touch my head with the guard. And I was like, no, you have to, you have mm-hmm. to like put pressure the guard up yeah. against my head and, and to get it all even. So I told her not to be shy. Just, you know, you can kind of see where, um, where it normally gets cut, but, uh, she did a pretty good job. I'll give her, I'll give her an A for effort and a B for uh, quality. And, um, I, uh, I'm very pleased. I feel, I feel like I got a nice cut, you know, and I, I don't look like an idiot like you. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know you're not talking about my mustache. The hair could could uh, be tamed a little bit, but you know what? An opportunity to grow your hair out during this season. So mm-hmm. um, that's true. What I tried this week uh, was a drinking game called True American. Um, new girl. Yes, if you are a new girl fan out there, you. Uh, I think it's, it pops up in, in almost every season, I think, yeah, where they like play a drinking a game called True American, and you're like, what are the rules? How are they playing that? Um, they describe it as a, a mix between like shotgunning beer and candy land. Um, you'll hear them just go, one, two, three, FDR, JFK, and then start chugging beer, and you're like, what are the rules? <laughs> and that's and like so, the point of you yes. know in the show. It's yeah, you're, it just you're makes like, it look – so mm-hmm. fun. And uh, we found some rules to it, made up most of our own Fan rules fiction. to it. Yes. Um, so basically, you the floor is lava. You mm-hmm. set up, you th- kind of throw your couch cushions on the ground, uh, climb across tables, all of that, and are moving in a circular motion towards basically a home base, which is a, we used a coffee table and just filled it up with beer. And then in the middle of that was a bottle of whiskey. Mm. So, Every time you get to the table, you have to take a new beer, and um, and then the person who gets the last beer, uh, or gets once all the beer is gone, the next person who gets the whiskey bottle, they are the true American. They win. And you wow. do little games where you just yell American facts, facts about America, uh-huh. and then you move a couple spaces, however many you want to. Really, um, you can. You see them playing the number game. Uh-huh. They'll just throw numbers up on their forehead. You can just make up rules like, like oh, I have the same number as someone. That's four spaces. Mm. Or I am the only one with a unique number. I'm the only person who gets to move. Uh, nice. So we did that. And then you can finish quotes. They can be quotes about America. Like if I say, give me liberty. and or then you give me death. Yes. And you finish the quote, then uh-huh. that you win that and you're moving. Nice. Yes. So. Make safe to rules. say, uh, safe to say, your your quarantine is different than mine, um, <laughs> no doubt. Yes, no doubt. But mm-hmm. I love living vicariously through you. Yeah, so that's what we did. It was fun. And then if you don't know what to say, just start a USA chant, and oh, uh, nice. And then everyone just kind of moves around. Um, and then the other fun thing was once you finish your drink, you just yell out, "Where does the trash go?" And everyone goes to the junkyard. And you throw your beer um, at a trash can in the corner of the room. So we're just throwing beers around the house. It no, kind of fun. Grandma, stop listening. No, <laughs> oh, they're not shoot. throwing. They're not throwing beer cans around your old house. <laughs> oh, Grandma says we need to keep partying. She likes. She, she oh, says. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she says say we that. need to keep partying. So I could try True American. Lots of fun. Uh, would recommend it. So mm. yes. Um, all right. Are we going to pack this whole uh, into the first half of the show? Um, sure. Let's keep yeah. rolling. Let's keep rolling. Um, and then we'll put the interview at the end of it. Uh, I like that after it. So, cause I feel like I'm on a good roll. Don't want to stop. Uh, that's our, what we tried this week. Uh, we're going to keep it a little shorter on the front half. Cause like we said, we do have a, a really engaging, fun, long interview, um, about what motivates us as humans and really everybody as humans. So, mm-hmm. uh, a cool interview, but we're going to keep moving along. And it's time to uh, get petty and talk personal pine tar incidents. So, uh, you know, again, we know times are tough out there. Things are bad in the world. Things are bad in the world out there. But 
that doesn't mean we're going to stop complaining about the little things that piss us off. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, Go mine ahead. isn't like a single incident. So my personal mm-hmm. pine tar this week, it's, it's not a single incident. It's just like every, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of pressure that I put on myself to choose the correct line at the grocery store that will go the fastest. Oh, it's, is, that's heightened right now too. Oh yeah. Because, and it's hard to tell because mm-hmm. of how far apart people are. It's hard yep. to tell like, wh- but like I put so much pressure on myself to choose the right line that if I get in the wrong one, like I am, I start spiraling and like, it's the, it's, I put a ton of, it just causes a lot of anxiety for me to make sure I choose the right line. It's like the same thing with the traffic thing. And, you know, we, we get into, we get into why I have road rage uh, in the interview, but yeah. it's the same deal with that. Like I physically cannot pull up to a stoplight and stay in the longer line at a stoplight, if there's a shorter line in the mm-hmm. other lane, I just can't do it. I can't. Yeah. And, it's and tough. even though I know it's, I'm not getting there faster, I just know it's the same thing at the grocery stores. And I, I just, the amount of pressure I put on myself to, to make the right call is immense. Yeah, it's tough at the Costco in Midtown too, because a lot of times I finish my shopping over by the pharmacy, like on uh-huh. the far Good right, person. like on the far right side of, um, it would be the first checkout line. Mm-hmm. But all the way over, like you can't even know if all the way over to the left, there might be a better line, but you're not even in that line. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing because it's like, are the lines, are we going just straight vertical? Is there a horizontal aspect to this mm-hmm. line? Gets difficult there. Number of items. That's, that's really the key there. You got to look mm-hmm. in the cart, see how many items, because yeah. there can be a line with like two carts in it and a line with four carts in it. But the line with four is going to move faster because there's like, three big items in yeah, each and you don't have to that get out. them out of that. So yeah, that's my personal pine tar. And, and just every time I, I've been going to the grocery store, it's just a lot of pressure. So that's my personal pine tar. Well, yeah. Lots, lots of pressure being the person to go to the grocery store. Cause you don't mm-hmm. ever want to forget something. Cause then you got to risk going back out there. And, mm-hmm. and so you got to be good. You got to be really, really on your game in the grocery store. Um, all right, let's see. Okay. This is my personal pine tar. I'm nervous about this one, but I'm going to do it anyways. And um, I know things are hard out there in the world right now. I get that. I appreciate that restaurants are staying open and feeding people and keeping people employed still. That's great. But the line at However. However, the line at Joe's KC at their gas station location is out of control and absolute chaos and very poorly executed the the pickup order and mm-hmm. i again i understand what's going on but i i still think that they can be better at what they're doing and i'm not even asking them to improve like their what they're doing that much more so just manage expectations and i'll tell you why i it it, it first off I knew they were going to be busy because it's a Saturday night and they're the best barbecue in the entire world, right? So I I know they're going to be busy. So about 3 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, I start calling Oklahoma Joe's or Joe's KC uh, to place my order to pick up for dinner later. So it it takes a while. I felt like I was calling into a radio show to win tickets. 
because I yeah. kept getting the busy signal. So hang or, up. Or requests like Eve yeah. Six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a blender. Hot Definitely requested that song. So just times. kept calling, kept calling for about an hour. Finally got through, which again, so I, I'm anticipating that it's going to be busy. Uh, I finally get through about four o'clock. Um, I talked to the woman on the phone. I just said, hey, I want to place a carryout order. I want to pick up at seven o'clock. Um, she says, okay, we don't have a seven o'clock. We have a 655 or a 715 pickup. I said, great, I'll take the 655 pickup. She says, all right, place my order, uh, go through all that. And I'm like, all right, fantastic. It's four, it's like four o'clock. I've already got my dinner order placed. I can just cruise up to my 655 pickup time, get my food, get home by, you know, 715 and, and I'll be gravy. So I leave the house about uh, like just after 6.30, get there right before 6.55, and the line is all the way down 47th Street, like mm-hmm. down past Gus's Chicken, almost backed up to Rainbow, like mm-hmm. that long of a line. So I'm like, well, that's weird because I have a 6.55 pickup. I guess my food is ready, and maybe these people have later pickup times. I don't know. Like, that's weird. Uh-huh. So um, I <laughs> I made my girlfriend go, uh, ask and talk to uh, the people at Joe's to see if it was ready. Um, and they were like, didn't they tell you to go through the white tent? And she's like, yeah, uh, they did. We have a 655 pickup. She's like, and they're like, okay, well you got to wait in line. And this is like 655 now. So get, so we have to go back, wait in line, like 50 cars deep. And like my head is like, how many of these people in front of me have like a 715 pickup, a 730 pickup? Mm. You know, like why am I in line behind them? Which is just weird. So mm-hmm. it literally takes uh, till about just after eight o'clock to finally get to the tent to tell them that I'm there to pick up my food. Mm-hmm. So I'll finally do that. They've got one, two people out there. One person is writing down who's there. The other person is running inside, getting the food, and then bringing it out. Like, that's their system. Mm. So then now the parking lot is full of people who have checked in and are now waiting. So the car next to me, I heard them, I talked to them, their order pickup time was 6.30. It's now about 8.15, 8.20. They still don't have their food. Mm-hmm. I finally get my food at about 8.20 and then head home. Mm-hmm. And I, this whole time I'm like upset because it, it took so long, but also I know that I'm not going to be upset once I devour this food. Like I yeah. know I'm going to come back to Joe's and still love the place, but I, but I was heated in that mm-hmm. moment. And here's yeah. why. All you had to do was say, oh, 655 pickup. Okay, great. We are experiencing about an hour wait time, so you should get there an hour before your food is ready. I would mm-hmm. say, okay, I'll wait in line an hour for Joe's. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. I've done that all the time. I've done that standing in line in the restaurant. But you got to tell me. I had no idea that that was going to happen and that I wasn't going to get my food till an hour and a half after mm-hmm. my pickup time. Why even have a pickup time? Why mm-hmm. not just have a drive-through where you order at the front of the and and then roll around and pick up your food? Like mm-hmm. there is absolutely no point to to have this system except to like make people mad and it's just very poor management of expectations. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Not happy about it. 
That's tough. It's tough because yeah, you're right. You know everyone's doing their best, and I and know. Yep, yep. Joe's isn't uh, Joe's isn't a Sonic, as they say, but um, but yeah, the, you know, um, it's now week five of, of yeah. shutdown, and um, yeah, especially if you're as popular as Joe's, you, you might be might be in your yeah. best interest to figure yeah. out something. So again, that's that's not they know that people are going to wait, and that I mean, I'd already paid ahead, so I, I I'm picking up at order for a group and i'm just like well i'm just kind of stuck i've already paid um mm-hmm. but so just manage my expectations so if you order it ask about wait time and see how early you should get there just ask because it's not tough too you. because it's tough too because you sound like a huge bitch I, I know about it on your podcast <laughs> I, I do because i was like i'm gonna go complain about this on my podcast no i didn't really <laughs> say that to them um but i was like i i was i had a moral dilemma should i complain about this on the podcast, I, so I talked to some people. The power in the rest- that you have. It's- I talked to some people in the restaurant business. They said it was okay. That you got that, the yeah, okay. I got uh, the some. Okay. Some of my best friends are in the restaurant. Are in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Yeah. My, my- I- my mother's in the restaurant. Yeah. Industry. So I just I, I need them to manage my expectations better. Really was it, and that's all they had to do. So all right, let's move on. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the uh, mixed plate this week. Um, let's, uh, talk about a place, uh, that doesn't have long waits, uh, quick trip. Mm. Uh, one of the few places where everybody can still go, uh, and stop in and, and get their favorite items. Cause everyone does have their favorite items at quick trip, a Midwest staple. Uh, so I'm, we go ahead. I have a feeling this is going to be, I think so. A, a heated one on, on the internet's. Yeah, so we're going to do the mixed plate of our, our favorite items at Quick Trip. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is good. So uh, this is an odd episode, episode 51. Nice. So the odd guy, Danny, goes first. All right. This is an easy number one pick overall for me. It is the spicy chicken sandwich at the Quick Trip. Mm. Um, easy number one. You hit, uh, I think it's number eight on the microwave there. A nice 55 second warm up, and uh, you've got one of the best spicy chicken sandwiches in town. I don't know what their bun is made out of, I have no clue, but the bun is delicious. Um, the spicy chicken sandwich is spicy, it's actually spicy, and um, I love that spicy chicken sandwich. I love it. I love are you, are you like, are you putting it ahead of like the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich? Is it all, is it in the same league as that? Oh yeah. It's okay. League and- all right. It's in the same league. Okay. I'll take that. I, I love it. I don't I know it. if I've had it, but I've, I've seen <sighs> you buy it a lot. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I have not had it. Um, their bun is like made out of, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't want to know. Uh, this is, um, Oh, what do I want to go with here? I think I'm going to go with my meat. Number one here on this mixed plate. I want to say I'm going to go with um, a slice of breakfast pizza. Okay. I love Quick Trip breakfast pizza. It is uh, life-saving if you uh, maybe forgot, didn't have time to make breakfast at home and you need to buy something quick. I mean, before a Chiefs tailgate, if you're a little mm-hmm. hungover coming into Sunday and it's 8 a.m. and you need something to settle that belly, mm, get that gravy sauce, everything going feel much better and then the first beer on top of that makes mm-hmm. everything good everything mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. it's a solid pick yeah um but i still get my number two pick 
because this is my number two overall. The um, sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast biscuit sandwich. Okay. Um, speaking of something That's that good. does not settle your belly, because this will go straight through you, but it is worth <laughs> it. Um, those hot seat breakfast sandwiches, the sausage, egg, and cheese mm-hmm. biscuit. Dude, one time uh, we looked it up. I think they're like 650 calories. Oh. One one sandwich. <laughs> it's insane. That's it's one insane. serving size, and it's half a sandwich as a serving size. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they are, they're like a full meal. Um, yeah. But the, it's so good. I love them. And, and I regret it. Like, while I'm eating it, I'm, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Yeah, you got to be like, careful uh, about eating those before you go out to Arrowhead, or else you no. might be taking a porta potty poopy, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But I love it. <laughs> yeah, those are tasty. That is a good pick. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with my meat number two here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Quick Trip gasoline. Um, I I like I feel like Ooh. I feel Ooh. like no, I feel like I'm giving my car like um, I don't know like top shelf liquor. You know when you drink top shelf liquor, you feel good. Like Quick yeah. Trip gasoline is top shelf. I don't mm-hmm. put anything in my car except for quick trip gasoline. Like if I have to, like, for some reason, maybe I'm really low on gas and I have to stop at a BP or a Phillips 66, I might put like 2 or $3 in just uh-huh. to get me to a quick trip so that mm-hmm. I can fill up my tank with quick trip gasoline. I just trust it. <laughs> I just trust it more than any other gas. It's top uh, shelf, premium, only put quick trip gas in my car. We're just like we're That's just it. doing exactly what like the corporate uh, executives <laughs> want, man. They're just buying in. I love it. I, I, I'm the same way, except now um, I'm a Costco gas guy. But um, but yeah. Mm. Anyways, okay. Um, the Costco gas, by the way, the fact that it's a one way, you you can only go into the Costco gas one way. So they're all one way. It is. It's the main reason I go there. It's one way gas station. So you can't can't be. You can't be coming in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My meat number or my side number one, my mixed plate of quick trip items. I'm going, and this is my third overall item. I'm getting, I'm getting all of mine. Okay. Um, the Buffalo chicken, uh, like sticks things. Um, I don't know. On the it, rollers. Yeah. Whatever those things are on the take rollers. It. The you Buffalo can take chicken. It. Yeah. You can take it in the middle. Ooh. Oops. You can take that. Oh, so good. The best you is when you're that. like, it's like two in the morning and you've left Kelly's and you stop at quick trip to get mm-hmm. cash, to go to Harrah's and go to the casino, grabbing one of those Buffalo chicken on your uh-huh. way to the casino after grabbing uh, cash from the UMB ATM in the quick trip. It's one of the best snacks. Uh, here's a free tip for your next pick. You can take anything on those rollers. I don't touch the rollers. I don't wow. eat anything off You're, of those. Gonna, I am I way be- above that. I'm I way above you a hundred to. I don't need anything off the rollers on this. Now things on the heater, the pizza, the sandwiches, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, that's 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 where I live. But anything on those rollers, I don't mess with any of that. You might that's as well sad. pick those up, put them straight in the toilet because that's where they're heading in ten minutes. That's sad. So that's I don't. Sad. I don't fuck with the rollers at all. Sad at all. All right, what's your um, side number one? All right, side number one here, um, a little something. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the soft pretzel with cheese at Quick Trip is is top notch. If you haven't, gotten the, 
If you, <laughs> you are in for a treat, my friend. Get the soft pretzel, order it. Uh, I mean, that, that quick trip in Westport is so fantastic now. Get it there. Get some uh, fake cheese with it. Delicious, soft, hot, mm, ready to roll. And they have a lot of varieties, too. They have like a pumpkin one in the fall, also very good. Uh, soft pretzels at quick trip, top notch, hard to beat. Boom. Not on All a right. roller. Eat number three, or side number two. Here we go. The hot dog. I'm getting those <laughs> hot it. dogs. Take it. The bun warmer, like the 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 bun being warm, is such. It's so clutch, and the hot dogs are the perfect girthiness. The perfect, the perfect. <laughs> um, they're the perfect hot dogs. They fit the bun perfectly. Um, they're just they're perfect. I love those hot dogs. Like my go to. My go-to meal there is a hot dog and a buffalo chicken steak. So, um, you <laughs> know, with then, some mustard uh, spicy on Spicy chicken it. for dessert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm going the, the, the hot dog. I yeah. love those hot dogs. That's good. I mean, I, I, hot dog hot dog is probably the, the top of the, the roller food chain for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Taquitos are at the very bottom. I, I don't uh, know how people eat that's those. A, those. That's those a really disgusting. hot take, by those the way. Those are not good. They're, yeah, they're it's a not really good. hot take. I stand by it. Um, all right, but uh, I only eat hot dogs. I only buy them at baseball games, golf courses, and then I make them at home. Uh, that's it. That's the only places I get hot dogs. Okay, M- making them at home is weird for a 29-year-old, but all right. <laughs> all right, let's go. Side number two here to wa- wa- wrap things up. I'm going with the um, – uh, Dr. Pepper fountain drink with crushed ice. Oh my goodness. The crushed ice at quick trip. It is, uh, it's the best ice in the world. Uh, it, it, it puts Sonic ice to shame. Uh, the, the quick trip crushed ice is, is delicious. And just getting like Dr. Pepper is the one soda that I will splurge and actually drink. Cause I don't really drink pop, but uh, man, I freaking love Dr. Pepper. And when it's out of the fountain, over crushed ice, whew, that'll, that'll, that, that's good. Especially if you're a little hungover, get that caffeine and sugar in you. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel a lot better. A lot the only better. fountain drink I get from there is Code Red Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> With the crushed ice, crushed no, ice. No, I'm a cube yeah. ice guy. Oh, cube what the guy. hell? Yeah. What the hell? That's I, like to, I like to bite it better. It's, hard, it's better to bite. Oh, um, no. Okay, I left a lot off. I left a yeah. lot off. I left um, a Riptide Rush Gatorade. Oh man, love that. <laughs> um, okay, so I left off. I love their donuts. The chocolate long john is oh, fire. Yeah, that's true. The chocolate long john is very good. So it's like mm-hmm. the apple crisp or the apple um, fritter, whatever. Yeah. Um, the um, the ice cream cones are good when they yeah do like their the soft serve is good. Their soft serve yeah. is good. Um, and then uh, any of high the school. Oh yeah, like are you gonna say a rooster booster uh, slushy? I was going to say in high school when like we turned 18 and I thought like um, chewing tobacco was cool. Oh like, yeah. Like they had peach, they had peach skull pouches. Yeah. They were like the only place with like peach skull <laughs> pouch, which is like the softest <laughs> chewing tobacco imaginable. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like getting mouth cancer and like losing teeth? It's like, ah oh, man, shouldn't have had all that peach skull pouches. Like that's like at least go down with like I don't know grizzly wintergreen like thick cut long like all the baseball players like all the baseball players go down with peach 
schnapps flavored pouches. <laughs> They're the only place with them. Also, the yeah. frappuccinos are good. Quick trip mm. frappuccinos. Yeah, their coffee's too hot for me. It's um, so hot. I'm so scared. Uh, that's one of my greatest fears is when you put the the lid on top of the coffee cup, you can't see when it's going to hit your mouth. Mm-hmm. And when you're, oh, oh yeah. when's it coming? The key, to, the key to that is you walk over you walk over to the fountain machine and you put some ice in your coffee cup and then put mm. the coffee on top of the ice. That's a good tip. Cool. That's, that's a what I do tip. in the mornings of Chiefs games so that I can like chug that coffee. That's a, that's a pro tip. That's a pro move. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll also, I, I've gotten their extra large pizzas to go too, like eight mm-hmm. ninety nine for a pizza. That's yeah. Pizza slices too. are good. Also, I, I, I mess with the taquitos, not the ones with meat in them, mm-hmm. just the pepper jack taquitos, not like the steak ones. Just the cheese taquitos, I mess with those. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I can't wait to see what other people like, and I can't wait. To, I, we have very different lists. I'm excited to very see very different uh-huh. what people what people want to see. If they're if people are roller people, if you're not a roller person, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not a roller person, I, I wonder how that splits in our demographic. So uh, that's it um, for the front half of the show. Like we said, uh, go ahead, Dan. Well, let's let's tease. We've got a huge interview. Oh, yes. yes. We've got a huge interview for t- next week is our 52nd show. So that's yes. a, our one-year anniversary. And we have uh, definitely our biggest guest so far, or, or prob- probably one of our biggest guests so far. Mm-hmm. Probably the guest, a guest that most of our listeners want to hear. Um, and so we'll tease that on the, after, the, after the Danny Cooper interview. Okay. All right. So here is the Danny Cooper interview. All right, today uh, we're joined by Danny Cooper. She uh, is with Deep Waters Enneagram, a, a company uh, that she started. Um, and Danny, welcome, welcome back on the show. Uh, if you listen to the Lost Interview episode, this was it. This was Danny Cooper, and I deleted everything. So apologies for making you hang out with us again. Man, it's going to be really rough to have to be with you guys all over again, but I think I can handle it. It's the right thing to do, which is yeah. really to me. So. Yeah, and we talked about this before we got on. Uh, just know that the first interview was way better than this one. Like, it was the best uh, podcast ever. It truly was gold. I don't know. It just it felt so right. Mm-hmm. We cured basically every disease on it, and uh, but we lost we lost the tapes. So well, I'm just I'm going to do my best to recreate all of that. So okay, well, perfect. So try not to give you too much trouble too, but do deserve some. Yes, just, I, we'll get to that because it's 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 the nine in me, and it, my personality score reflects my mm. that I made. We'll get into that, but I think a good place to start um, again is just. Uh, to have you give us a brief summary of really what is an Enneagram. And, and I've heard of different personality tests. What, what is this one like? Does it compare to others? Uh, really, really, what is this Enneagram and what does it tell us? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right. It's totally similar to something that a lot of people are familiar with, like Myers-Briggs or Strengths Finders. It's really a great tool for people who are interested in understanding themselves and the people in their lives a little bit deeper and a little bit um, better. And so um, it is similar in that way. 
but it's got some really important differences too from my perspective and from a lot of other people's perspective too in the fact that it's not just a descriptor of behaviors that we do because like a lot of us have a, a lot of similar behaviors that we share right but the Enneagram is different because it looks at the motivations behind those behaviors that we have and it's an ancient tool people really don't know exactly how long ago the Enneagram came to be um, it has some ancient roots, but it really came to our modern usage in like the 1970s where they developed this Enneagram, which if you've seen the symbol um, where the human personality is really mapped on this symbol. So it sort of is like a GPS for your inner workings. And people started um, understanding that looking at that symbol and understanding the personality types could really give them really good insight into what was driving them and why they ended up places that maybe they didn't necessarily want to in their relationships. So it's been really helpful um, since then for people who are really wanting to become more self-aware. And I think it's been, it's been helpful too right now. So um, yeah, like Kevin said, we, we've had this conversation before, but this was at the very beginning of the quarantine and we <laughs> really didn't know um, like what all this would entail. But I have found since taking the test and since talking to you, Danny, is that now more than ever, it's been really helpful to, to have this knowledge because when you're communicating with people um, and now you're communicating with people virtually, um, understanding your own personality and how you react and, and how um, <clears throat> your flaws, what you do when you're stressed, the motivations behind why you are the way you are, understanding that now really helps communicating with others when you don't get the advantage of, of seeing their body language or um, just seeing someone face-to-face. -face. You, you can always feel like you understand their mood better and you can, mm. um, you can understand how they're reading you. But now that we don't have that, um, understanding yourself, I think, is, is more important than ever. So I appreciate it because I've used it and, uh, since, since we've been on quarantine and been virtually um, communicating with everyone. Yeah, it really is a helpful tool. And I would even say like, now that we're kind of in really close quarters with the people that are in our home, <laughs> it's extra helpful too, because um, we're all sort of in this weird free floating anxiety sort of state. And so the better we understand the people we have to share a roof with and like, not that we have to, but let's be honest, we're kind of close right now. We're kind mm -hmm. of on each other's nerves and things like that, you know, understanding what is going on behind all of those irritating behaviors really is helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, that point of it, but yeah, I, I think yeah. it's just, it's important to know yourself and, and understand um, what, why you are the way you are. Yeah. yeah. I, might, I might need to mandate this for my house. Danny, for reference, I'm living right now with uh, five other people. So there's six of us under one roof. And oh, wow. I mean, we're a month in and, and everybody still really likes each other. So that's good. But <laughs> I, I don't know what our breaking point is going to be. So, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to get you involved somehow. All right. Yeah. So that's totally what I do. I'm a personal coach where, and I meet virtually most of the time with people through Zoom meetings and help them figure out what their type is. You can take a test online. And you guys took um, the most famous test, I think, is called the Ready. And it can spit out some results for you. They're not always 100% accurate, 
Um, but it's a good place to start. And so then I meet with people, help them figure out what their type is. And then we kind of explore like, okay, you're a type nine, you're a type seven. What does that mean for how we relate? How, what does that look like when we have to share a roof for this long and be in quarantine with one another? So it really is helpful. <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, I know probably right now that's a little bit of your specialty, but uh, you know, are, do you work with individuals, couples, like businesses? Um, who are some of the clients that you work with? Yeah, I've actually worked with all sorts of clients. One-on-one uh, -on -one, couples are really fun. Um, it's really interesting to have two people who really want to invest in their relationship and get to know each other at a really deep level. My husband and I found it so helpful. We've been together for over 20 years and I found out new things about him when I discovered his Enneagram type. So that kind of blew my mind. So no matter if you're like just getting to know each other and you're like um, not even married yet or you've been married a really long time, it can really help you unearth some things and figure out different ways to connect that you didn't know before. I also work with um, companies. Um, we do staff trainings a lot of the time because we can learn about communication styles and conflict styles and really how to work better together as a team. Families are another area where I like to work because um, you're in close contact with one another and understanding like how your kid is thinking and how to communicate to your kid is also super valuable. So uh, there's a lot of applications for the Enneagram. Yeah, I think uh, as you were saying that and talking about how you can even learn a ton, even if you've been married for years, I thought of our parents and I would like watch a pay-per-view stream of you um, talking them through their Enneagram type. They've been married for 36 years um, and they're just, you know, your classic married couple. And it, it would just be funny to see them realize all these things. But, oh, that's why you've been doing that for 36 years. Yes, exactly. Danny, while we're on that subject, um, so these um, are personality types and, and um, at, at their core and kind of the motivations behind why we are the way we are. Do you see that uh, in general, people can change as they as they get older? Um, so maybe in their in their high school years they were you know more shy or introverted, and then they really had the ability to kind of come out and ex and expand um, who they are and kind of blossom. And so their personality types have have kind of changed as they matured or gotten older. Have you seen that? Because the reason I ask is I feel like uh, my dad is going a bit crazy as he gets older and he's becoming like more, he's, he's still himself, but just more so like just m more extreme. We call him Jr. when he's being, when he's being um, like very, very John Ritz, but he's just becoming like John Ritz extra. Is that <clears throat> something that happens when mm. as people get older Do their personality types change or do they, are they heightened to new levels? Okay, I think I'll say two things about that. Um, number one, I think self-awareness is the single best thing that can happen to a person. And the any percent agree with that. Along, right? And so depending on how self-aware you are, like I think you <laughs> are, um, grow out of parts of your personality that really aren't helping you or you grow and sink deeper into it. And so that can happen both ways. We both okay. know people. And I'm not sure what's going on with your dad exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you would have a better guess. But, um, but I think the more self-aware we are, the better we become. 
honestly, because we're letting go of some of those personality traits that really are holding us back. Because here's the deal, like the best part of you is also the worst part of you and vice mm -hmm. versa. So figuring out like how you get in your own way and then how to stop doing that is one of the main things that I work on with people when we use the Enneagram to talk about their lives and where they want to go with their lives. That makes a lot of sense. I, I completely agree. All right, so let's get into it. We've talked a little bit about, um, Kevin, do you have any questions um, before we start talking about like the numbers? Um, yeah, I, I just need to establish Danny's uh, credibility before we get into this. Okay. Um, it's a good part of the interview, right? And I so by doing that, I just wanted to ask, you know, how, how long have you been uh, working with Enneagrams and, and how did you get started into this? Okay, well, I first encountered the Enneagram many years ago, um, but I, it didn't really ever land in my lap where I just took super big notice of it until about five years ago. And then I started reading and studying and it just floored me, the kind of information that it was able to tell me about my deepest motivations, like somebody had been reading my diary or something. And um, just kind of gave me language for what was going on inside of me that I didn't even really understand. And so that's how it hooked me. And from there, I became um, a certified, certified Enneagram coach through Your Enneagram Coach, um, which was a program that I took um, online and it took um, like, I don't know, several months to go through just to learn the inside and out of each type. Enneagram is a really deep system and so it took a long time and I'm still learning every single day, but that's kind of how I fell in love with it. And so now I've been um, in business with Deep Waters Enneagram for almost two years now. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so my point in asking that question was to set it up like, Danny knows what she's talking about, and that's why we had you on, because, um, you know, as helpful as it was to get um, the test results, uh, it was way more helpful, because, I mean, this is the second time we've, <laughs> we've talked about this, but it was way more helpful to, to share those results with you and have the conversation. Um, so that, that's why I think, you know, yes, you can take a test, but talking with you was also really, really helpful, too. Well, thank you. Yes. There is a lot of great info out there, but there's so much that you can drown in it. Yeah, <laughs> so there's so much. I started like clicking on links <laughs> in my test results again today, and there is so much to read and yeah. learn about yeah. it. It's, it's helpful to have a guide to navigate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, all right. So with that, Danny, I think were we sorry, Danny Ritz, were we going to jump into what the <laughs> Uh, personality types were get a, get a brief overview of each of them. Yeah, let's let's do that, Danny. Okay. Um, yeah. The there's uh, nine types, um, so let's kind of walk through each type and uh, and then we can we can get into Kevin and I a little bit. Okay, so this will be super quick. You know that um, there's a lot to be said on each of these, so this is basically just skimming the surface of everything, but. I can tell you where to find more info later on, but okay, we're going to start with type one and I'm going to call them by their number. Each type has names that go along with it, but it's really just important to know the number because the words are just descriptors and they vary from person to person. Sometimes different teachers use different ones. So type one, I'm going to talk about each number at their best and kind of what their struggles are. Okay. Okay. That's perfect. All right. Yeah, can you give one. a couple examples of those words that they used to describe it? I'm sure. sorry, I'm just telling Definitely. you. Definitely, yeah. So type <laughs> one's known as the moral perfectionist, 
but type ones don't really like that label of perfectionist and prefer to be called a reformer, which is a little softer. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but type ones are um, diligent and ethical people. They're really trustworthy and responsible. They don't want to be bad or wrong or evil. That's like their worst fear. And they can struggle really with being critical. They can struggle with being judgmental and they have Ooh. extremely high expectations for themselves and for the people in their lives, which can be tough for everyone. And they need help learning how to relax. So um, that's your type one. <laughs> that's wild. Need learn how to relax. Oh man. Yeah, that's, right. That's natural. <laughs> I know. Some types need 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 help with that. <laughs> type ones especially. All right, so type two um, is known as the helper or the befriender or the supportive advisor. You're getting the idea here that type twos are really empathetic and warm-hearted people. They are known for their caring and their generosity. They really um, desire to be wanted and loved, just like all of us, but type twos get an extra heavy-handed dose of that for sure. Um, but they can struggle with needing to be needed they can struggle with flattery a little bit, and they also need to remember that they have needs too. They're so busy meeting other people's needs, sometimes they don't give themselves the care that they need. Because at the end of the day, they just really want to be loved and appreciated, and so they're trying to serve others sometimes so they can get that appreciation that they need. So, all right, ready for type three? Yep, ready for type three. Type two, I, I'm starting to remember these. They're coming back yeah. soon now. Yeah, same. <laughs> right, and it's it's hard not to think of people in your life that maybe line up with these, right? Yeah, that's, that's all I'm doing. Where I, <laughs> I know. All right, exactly so here's my, here's my disclaimer I should have started with. It's like, we all do that for sure, but it really is up to the person to decide what their type is. Remember, we only see the behaviors, but we can't see their inner motivation. So keep that in mind as you're typing people silently in your mind that <laughs> you're not really supposed to I hope that, like our okay? listeners are doing that too. Like as they're <laughs> I'm listening sure. to this, yeah, they're they like, were. oh, I know really that's type two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, type three is the successful achiever. And type threes are really highly driven people. They can be so productive, like they're to-do list smashers, goal crushers. They get the job done. Um, they're highly adaptable people and they're very self-assured. They really want to avoid failure and looking like they're worthless, okay? And so they struggle with being overly image conscious. They can sort of morph into whatever the room needs. So they can walk into the room, kind of take the temperature of the room and become what they think they need to, to be successful in that crowd which is great. Remember I said the best part of you is also the worst part of you, right? So that's uh, harmful sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they can also struggle with pursuing success at any cost, no matter what kind of mask they need to wear to do it. But more than anything, they just need to know that they're really valuable no matter what they achieve. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you guys jump in if you have questions or anything? Um, but type no, I'm still just thinking about the people that just said that. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Um, type four is the romantic individualist. And sometimes that's just shortened to the romantic. Um, these people are probably the most complex number on the Enneagram. 
they're super creative and oh really cool because that's my lowest uh that's really? my lowest score yeah <laughs> the most complicated person the most complicated is literally my lowest by a long yeah. shot so perfect okay well we can talk about that too because we want to cultivate all of these personalities within ourselves ultimately okay. you don't want to like lean into your own type too much so that's a good clue for you to cultivate your creativity and your foresight there's okay. something in you everyone has it all okay they're really inspiring people. A, a lot of musicians and artists and creators of all types are types, type fours. Um, they're really emotionally aware people. Um, a lot of times people think of fours in terms of their emotion because they can get trapped in m melancholy sometimes. And it's really deep. They're not afraid of the deep feelings and they tend to want to stay there and really experience that deep end of the swimming pool, so to speak. They're not uncomfortable there like some of us are, myself included. Um, they can also struggle with um, comparison and then despairing over what they feel is lack in themselves. So that's a really tough place for a type four to be, but that's kind of um, something that they can struggle with pretty regularly. They just want to be understood and they also need to, to find out for themselves that they really are unique and special just like they are. Okay? Got it. That makes sense that it's kind of my, my last place one right there. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's something I need to work on. Like you said, I should be, all, all nine should be a part of me. That's true. The most holistically integrated person has qualities of all nine types. What happens with our type when we find our type, it's kind of like we're a lighthouse on a bank that's supposed to spin in a 360-degree kind of arc but we get stuck and our type shows us where we're stuck the most, where our beam is focused most of the time. And so our job is kind of to get our beam rolling again. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's a good analogy. All right, okay, type five. These are known as the investigative thinkers or the observers. If you haven't guessed by now, these guys are really in their heads. They think all the time, they're observing all of the time which makes them really perceptive and really innovative. They tend to be pioneering in their field because they jump with both feet into whatever subject that they're really interested in. They'll just mine the depths of it. They really just wanna have everything figured out and possess the knowledge that, that they think that they need to go through life. Um, they have the least energy of any number on the Enneagram and so they're constantly of that and they're trying to manage their energy it's like their cell phone battery doesn't ever charge up to hundred percent it's more like it stays around 25% even if it's been on the charger all night long right mm -hmm. can you imagine having yeah. to work with that little energy so sometimes they struggle with withdrawing we might even experience them as people who don't jump in to pay much or be a part of the group because they're managing that energy they can seem like they're isolated and it's because that they want to avoid feeling depleted or overwhelmed by all the energy that it's going to take for them to be a part of whatever's going on. So are, are these sometimes like your overthinkers too? Like, cause mm -hmm. I know you talked about your, it's your best and your worst. Like they like to think through everything. Is that totally? Like, are they our overthinkers? Yeah, they are definitely part of the three types on the Enneagram that get caught in thinking all of the time. So, and you can use that to your benefit or your detriment, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. It sounds like four and five are kind of close where 
and again, we don't want to put like general, um, like uh, binary terms onto people because mm-hmm. there's nine that we're talking about today, but they seem more introverted than extroverted. Um, like the fours and fives do. Is that, is that on, uh-huh. is that purposeful? Like, is that why they're next to each other on the, on the Instagram type? That's really interesting. Not all fours and fives are introverts. There's okay. no number that correlates exactly to the introvert extrovert thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Types in each one, but yeah. their placement on the Enneagram, they actually, if you look at the symbol, they call that the existential gap between five and four. They do have things in common, but they can also be really different. It is a really interesting place on the Enneagram. You totally nailed that. I can okay. talk about that when we have way more time (laughs) (laughs) but I want to jump into type six which is also a thinky type the loyal guardian also known as the loyalist and um, these guys or girls are definitely very loyal people they are really concerned with the common And at their best, they are some of the most best gift, I think, is that they are so good at problem solving, um, problem solving in almost any sort of scenario. So they're really great to have on the team, for sure. These guys are fantastic to have. But all of that problem solving can lead them to fall into the trap of worst case scenario thinking. Oftentimes, if you're thinking about all of the things that could possibly go wrong, then you're overwhelmed with all the things that could possibly go wrong, right? And so um, they have a lot of anxiety sometimes. And they also can fall into the the trap of really doubting themselves. Um, So that's your type six. Type seven. That's what I thought I was going to be. I think that was like my my third uh, highest. But I was like, ooh, when I was reading through them, I, I thought that could be me. But. I think yeah. the type I got fit me better. Mm-hmm. And and have you seen the connection between that type and this type? Uh huh. I have. Yeah. So yes. that's why that came up for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should make sense. Okay. Type seven. Type seven. They're kind of known as the party people of the mm. any because they just bring a lot of fun most of the time. They have a lot of really great energy with their enthusiasm and their optimism. These guys are known as the entertaining optimists or just the entertainers. They like spontaneity. They're very inquisitive and curious and they're really versatile. They can go with the flow and they love new experiences. So like you're not going to throw them. Usually if you throw something at them at the last minute, it's going to be like, Ooh, okay. That sounds like fun. Whereas some other types you would totally derail if you did that to them. A seven is going to be less likely to feel thrown off because new adventures are kind of exciting for them. Mm, A one might be a little thrown off though, right? Oh yeah. I was definitely (laughs) thinking of a type one when I was saying that. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing. Ones need to get a little more spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Need a little bit more routine. So they're really good for each other. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. (laughs) Okay. Sevens can struggle with feeling scattered. They are often people with irons and so many fires that they forget where some of those irons are or some of them get away from them because they're super restless. They just don't want to miss out on something that is exciting or fun or a great opportunity. And FOMO is real for type sevens. Mm. They, mm. <laughs> they don't 
bored. They don't want to be limited. And, you know, it feels like if they are bored or limited, then they're definitely missing out on something that could be fun or amazing. Does this resonate? Mm, just yeah. a just a little. Just. This is this is why when we originally did this, I think I guessed that was you. I thought that was your highest one. Liz, yeah, because we did because when we originally recorded, the we did Kevin and I didn't know what our scores were, so yeah. we did guess. And yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of mm. written on my forehead a little bit, but yeah. Right. Continue, Danny. Continue. <laughs> Let's move on past the sevens. All right. Okay. So type eight. Um, by the way, sevens are also in that thinking triad. We kind of touched on that a tiny bit, but you can be in your head a lot too if you're a seven. Okay. Yes, yes, you type can. Eight, the protective challenger. Type eights have the biggest reputation and probably the biggest presence on the Enneagram. They're known as the protective challenger or just the challenger because they show up so big in life. These are the people that when you when they walk into the room, like, it feels different. Like you can tell when they're there, they're, they can be loud. They don't have to be, but they have a strong presence that is really, um, it, it can be really comforting. It can feel really protective. They just bring so much power and confidence into a situation. They're really great because they are practical people and they're super decisive. So many of us have a hard time making a decision, but a type eight is really good about just cut and dry, making a gut decision. So they're great to have around if you need someone who has that gift, right? Some of us mm -hmm. don't, but type eights can um, bring all that power into the room and actually dominate if they're not careful, where people can feel dominated. Most of the time, an eight is not trying to dominate anything, but they have such a big presence, they don't realize the impact that they have on people who um, are not as strong of a presence. They um, have trouble uh, sometimes with their anger. Anger is really near the surface for a type eight. And so that can be a hard thing for them to manage. They also can struggle with vulnerability because they equate it with weakness, which if you know anything from St. Brene, Brene Brown, um, that vulnerability is not weakness and actually it's your source of greatest strength and a really um, uh, growing eight will know that their vulnerability is their truest source of power. So, so yeah. Kevin, you might've guessed that was me the first time around. It was either a seven or eight. I yeah. think I guessed seven because okay. it was, it was more the FOMO had yeah. to be there. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> well, remember, we have relationship to all of these numbers, and some of them really strong. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that an eight would come up and be part of your person. Yeah, it's my third. Eight is my third most. Yeah, yeah I, I might have thought that, too, because, I mean, this guy loves to argue. Mm. Even when he agrees with you, he'll just argue with you. Yeah. Plus, I can, get, I can get angry in a, in a second. And, <laughs> and, like, road rage is um, something I very much battle um, I wow. am I'm a, I'm a furious driver. People mm -hmm. won't get in the, people don't want to drive him around. Oh no. <laughs> wow. This sounds serious. We should yeah. talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I do have <laughs> some issues. <laughs> hey, we all do like literally every number and every person has awesome things about them and things that totally suck and put us in the ditch every time. Right. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is just becoming aware of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so one more, type nine. We don't ever want to forget type nine, the peaceful mediator. 
or the peacemaker as they're sometimes known. Um, at their best, nines are so easygoing, really diplomatic, friendly, and open-minded people. They fear being in conflict. And um, that is like one of their biggest struggles is like, how can I not get into a conflict today is like the biggest thing on their mind. And the thing is, it's not just like external conflict that they want to avoid. It's also like inner turmoil, inner conflict. So they're constantly balancing these, this inner and outer world, trying to keep it really peaceful, right? So that's kind of a big deal. It takes a lot of energy. Nines also sometimes lack energy kind of like a five because they're doing this balancing act all the time and trying to keep everything really peaceful. So they can struggle with um, inaction. Sometimes it's because they don't know if what they're going to do might cause trouble and that's not what they want at all. They can get complacent, meaning like, mm, okay, like I didn't really want that. So I let that person make the decision. And, but, but now I'm a little under the surface mad about it, but I don't want to say anything because it could cause conflict. So what they do instead is get a little stubborn when um, they haven't said what they wanted. So the person did what they didn't want, but the person didn't know. And so now they're going to be stubborn about it. Right. Mm. And they can struggle with reluctance also. Mm. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. And so that's a lot to manage if you don't want to cause conflict. You just want to know that they can have peace in the world. How does that sound? Uh, that sounds a lot like me. I think that's a good way to transition into yeah. now my questions. Because I am a, a type nine. I am the okay. peacemaker. Um, and I think I, I was um, really thinking about this when I deleted the interview. I was thinking about my score because I am a nine to the max. And okay. my bottom score is a one. So it's wow. like... Okay, I can see why I <laughs> overlooked that detail and maybe um, deleted exactly uh, <laughs> what I shouldn't have. If I was more of a one, maybe I would have a better organizational system. Oh, and if you were a one and had deleted it, you'd, you'd still be kicking your butt about this. You'd yeah. be angry at yourself. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny because um, I think what led to me deleting it um, was what you were just describing this like stubbornness in conflict like Danny mm -hmm. wanted to um, recreate how we recorded interviews mm -hmm. and I should have just said Danny shut up I am mm -hmm. the expert in audio and technology Stop big expert absolute Stop. expert yes. I should have just said shut up let me do what I want to do but I was the peacemaker and I basically was just like, okay, well, if he just wants to do it this way, I'll just do it that way. And that led me to um, having to then update all the software and then I deleted the whole thing. I was so mad at Danny. And Danny, did, you, did I tell you that I was really mad at you? No, and to be fair, I was right and you were wrong. So like that is... That, you forgot to include that factor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I assume, I kind of made assumptions that like you were partially blaming me for the deleted interview because I made yeah. you record, um, How because I made you to. record the, so I assumed you were partially blaming me, yeah. but um, you never voiced it. Um, but I will say, I thought back to when Kevin texted me and said he deleted the interview, I um, tried to be more empathetic towards him um when i responded to him and called him on the phone and uh 
And I thought back to our conversation and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try to be more empathetic. I will agree. You made me feel a lot better about the mistake that I made. And that really, did, that really did help. I will say that I, I did read through this nine and the, the strengths and weaknesses, and we'll get on them, but I saw uh, a weakness as being passive aggressive. So basically I had to buy this software because Danny made me record it this way. It only mm-hmm. cost $40. And I told Danny we were splitting it even, and I charged him $30. You sack. <laughs> Is that passive-aggressive? Hey, you know, I hear you, I hear you standing up for yourself right now. So I'm like, That's go ahead unbelievable. And oh, but I'm churning inside. I feel terrible admitting that. <laughs> wow. But is wow. that passive-aggressive or what, Danny? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I was like, that's so, pretty expensive software, 60 yeah. bucks total. Well, it was his fault. He made me do it that way, and I had to buy it. So Wow. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you're, you totally recognize that you're a nine, and it was all Danny's fault? Yes. Kevin, what you should have done is recognize that you're a nine and then not been <laughs> passive-aggressive and charged me the $20 you should have recognized you were being an unhealthy nine at that point, being a very unhealthy nine. Yeah, I, I, I could have been more self-aware, but uh, I, I chose to just, you know, <laughs> dig into it. I was stressed. I was stressed out. That's a great story. That's funny. When, so we were talking about how you kind of resonated with type six, and you mm-hmm. go to six when you're under stress, a nine. Yeah. Each number has two numbers it's connected to, and one is the growth point, and one is a stress point, right? So no, I was stressed. On some of the characteristics of the number you're connected to um, in stress, when you're feeling a little like, you know, somebody made you delete a podcast and now you're angry, right? <laughs> uh, the thing about nine moving to six is you become a little defensive. You start blaming a little bit, so... Hand up. That was me. That was me big time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I forgive you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I I did put it, Danny, actually that, that did help the text that you sent me. Maybe. Okay. Does it make, does it, does it say anything about my personality that, um, I really don't care if Kevin's mad at me and like, I know (laughs) that we're just going to go on and everything's going to be fine. And you know, I I don't really uh, think too hard or really, um, lose any sleep if Kevin's actually mad at me. <laughs> so a type seven has a core desire of being happy, right? You're going to load anything that doesn't make you happy. So that makes a pretty much great sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But nine did resonate me uh, with me. I think some of the words like uh, patient, easygoing, receptive, yeah. relaxed, agreeable, all of those talking about nine, I felt like, okay, yeah, that is me. Um, then it talks about nine getting into conflict by being uh, like complacent, which that can happen sometimes. Um, being uh, passive aggressive, boom, <laughs> uh, and, and stubborn. I don't know if I'm stubborn. It's just hard being right all the time. But, <laughs> uh, but I was going to ask Danny if he thought you were stubborn. He would know. Yeah. Is Kevin um, stubborn? He doesn't come off as stubborn because mm. he, he will – eventually give in to my suggestion and do what I say. So like, but then he'll just be stubborn on the inside and not, and, and, and exactly like the situation, not tell me that he's mad. Yeah. Okay. So here's something about sevens, Kevin, you're probably going to relate to this, but when a seven wants something, 
they'll keep going after it so much that it's been described as being pecked to death by chickens. Okay. So does that, know. does that feel? Yeah, Danny that, will keep that. after until. <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, and then I just had a general question because it also talks about, and I, I see this in here a lot, emotionally unavailable. It's a, mm. it's a word people throw out there a lot. I don't think most people actually know what that means, <laughs> including okay. me. Okay. So I would say in the case of a nine that you might seem emotionally unavailable because you're doing this balancing act all the time, right? You, you don't want to put yourself out there in a way that could upset your calm, right? You don't want to put yourself out there in a way that could be rejecting. Um, nines honestly will do almost, I mean, they'll do a lot for people. And um, they'll, they might do half of it like really willingly and the other half is like, mm, because I don't want to cause the conflict. And so sometimes the emotional unavailability can be a clue that you're dissatisfied with something or you've been hurt or you're disappointed in some way. So I would say someone who's in a relationship with a nine, if you feel like your partner's emotionally unavailable, you might check in with them and say, like, what's behind that? There's something going on here. That's a good red flag for someone who really wants to invest in their relationship. Okay. I've always been curious because that, that's a word people throw out there a lot. I'm, I'm yeah. never sure what people actually mean by it. But that's I don't think helpful. people who say it actually know what they mean. That's, what I, that's <laughs> my biggest thing. I, I think that's true. People really don't know what it means. But um, it was interesting and uh, fun to dive into this because um, I think you maybe mentioned earlier, it's almost like, did they write this about me? Because I, I read this about nines to maintain peace. Nines tend to, tend to not show they're upset very much, except indirectly, perhaps by eating, drinking, or watching television too much to escape into a more pleasant and comforting world. And I was like, yes. where are the cameras, Danny? Where are they? <laughs> because know. that is me to a T. Uh-huh. And so that's known as numbing. You can do it a lot of different ways, right? And listed a lot of those. Uh, yeah, I did all three of those. Yeah. <laughs> Just today, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're all doing a lot of numbing right now, but mm -hmm. something important to remember about that numbing behavior is that I mean, it's just to recognize it, first of all, just say like, mm, I know I'm numbing, like having awareness of it is a really great first step, even if you still do the thing, having the awareness is still a little bit of a win. So keep that in mind. But also keep in mind that when you numb painful emotions, you're also numbing really good ones too. Like you don't get to mm. simply numb, like it, it hits everything. So keep that in mind when, when you're feeling like numbing, ask yourself if there's a different way you can. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that talking about suppressing and, and, and pushing pushing down emotion, which I, I don't think I'm that bad at that. Like, I don't think that really comes out because then it talks about pushing, pushing things down and then you like exploding. Explode. Yeah, mm -hmm. which I think I'm self-aware enough to, to not do that now. So I think that's where being self-aware of your type definitely helps. Man, it's so helpful. It's like, oh, I'm sliding down. I'm sliding down that hill. Here I go, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. You can make different choices if you're aware, like whether you want to react normally or if you want to respond in a healthier way. It can, cause you, it can save you some collateral damage sometimes, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and then just another thing that I've been thinking about a lot as we've gotten into this being a nine and, and knowing that, um, avoiding conflict is something that uh, I try to do 
Is there things I can lean on as a nine to try to uh, get over that? I don't know if it's a fear or, or what it is, but or mm-hmm. do you think nines have other personality traits that could help them uh, deal with conflict better and not be afraid to, to engage in it? Well, I think that's important for nines to really understand how much their presence matters in this world and that the voice that they bring, the ideas that they have, the disagreements that they want to have but don't are important. They, and the people in your life really do want to hear from you. Like they think you're important. And so when you show up thinking you're important too, then you can have the impact that you're meant to in this world. The other thing for you to understand is that avoiding conflict causes conflict. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a circle right there. Yeah. So, I mean, cycle to get into. Every time you avoid conflict, you cost yourself something. So, beginning to understand like when you're doing it is a really great step. But then start asking yourself, well, what do I stand to lose if I don't speak up? Like, I'm just going to be disgruntled. I'm going to start getting sort of grumpy about it. Or I can just say my piece. Mm -hmm. They want what you have to say. So I would just, I would just encourage you to speak up because you're going to have to manage that tension somehow of being Mm -hmm. and then dissatisfied with those results or um, making waves. So Mm -hmm. conflict on either side, but you show up and use your voice. We are all better for it. All right. And then I've got uh, just, I was reading into the, I think it was like the relationship part. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it talked and I was a little confused about the compatibility. It was a compatibility type, maybe. It says the passion sloth. Are you calling me a sloth, or is my girlfriend a sloth? Are we both sloths? <laughs> like, who's who's the sloth in this situation? What does that mean? <laughs> All right. So every type has a deadly sin. Oh. Uh, that mm-hmm. So you are a sloth. I'm sorry. No, you're not. A- <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is the trap that you fall into. And remember, yes. you're coming out like that's kind of slothful behavior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And more than that, yeah. it's not that nines are lazy at all. They do a lot of stuff, but they are lazy in showing up as themselves and in letting their voice be heard. So that's how nines can be really slothful. It's like mm. not wake to what they want and not making their voice be heard in the world. Okay. Okay. All right. I think it's a little bit physically too sometimes. Okay. <laughs> hey, Kev, I saw you in gym shorts today. Hey, you're getting out there. I'm getting out there and getting after it. I, I, I would say I went through a sloth period when I wasn't feeling as good or yeah. feeling more down. I feel like for me, sometimes it truly is a physical sloth. Like don't want to do anything, <laughs> would rather eat and lay on the couch and not work out. So I think it is, at least for me, it can be a physical too. Yeah, and you're not alone. It's not that, but it definitely can be. And that's why it's really important for you to get in your body, however that feels good, running or just walking outside or whatever. Mm -hmm. Counteract that a lot. It does, it really, really helps. Um, And then just also, I I Are you ever gonna let me talk, Kevin? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Danny, yeah. Danny was saying that you okay. talk too much, right? Yeah, Danny just said it's important and everybody wants to hear what I have to say. So I'm saying what I have to say. I'm, I'm Listen, wrapping it up here, okay? I'm using See, my voice. See, this is what happens. Um, 
And I know because we've talked about this before, but um, and I know you're not going to tell me a good type. I am in a relationship. I've been dating someone for like almost a year now. <clears throat> what what are some things that are you know with a nine? What do you think makes them compatible with like another type or or you know any kind of relationship advice for a nine? Okay. You're going to need somebody who encourages you to use your voice and to show up in your life. They're going to want to encourage you to dream and then to make your dreams happen. They're going to need to be someone who gives you alone time because you totally need it. And it's not personal. It's just a way you recharge. Um, And you are going to need somebody who can give you um, clear expectations, like, and communicate to you really directly. Like, that helps a nine a lot. So, um, yeah, so those things will be really helpful in a relationship. You can find somebody who will do those things for you, no matter their type. Um, that will help you out a lot. Okay, good. I, I'm going to make Jesse listen to this, this okay. episode now uh, <laughs> so that she knows I need my alone time. <laughs> yeah, there you and, go. And so she knows that she does push me, and uh, I also, like, well, I don't know if I want to be pushed. You need her to push you a little bit. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Danny, like I know you've been just like had to put yourself on mute, take a lap around the house. Oh man. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) Sevens don't like patience. So that was, we suck at that. Yeah. That was a really great exercise for you. That's a gold star. Thank you. Yeah. And I, um, we'll get, we're getting into a couple other things, but Danny, I appreciate you saying that. Because like my love language is uh, words of affirmation and I need to be told that I'm doing well and I need to be told that um, I did a good job. And so (laughs) um, uh, that is definitely my, my love language. So uh, I'm getting, you know, we're coming at it from multiple um, ways here, but okay. So like we talked about, I'm a seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the the words that the um, test used to describe me, or the results page used to describe me were that I thought I resonated with were curious, outgoing, talkative, um, optimistic. Um, get um, I get into conflicts when I get distracted, when I get restless, and when I get impatient. Um, I find like all of those things to be very true. The um, curious, outgoing, and talkative thing um, obviously are are I would say three of the highest. Um, uh, rated ones in mind. Do you think, and this is about Kevin and I in general, um, do you think the the types that we are sevens and nines are the type to start a podcast? Like, do you <laughs> think um, a type one and a type four could start a podcast and, and would just like go out on a whim and try something new? Or do you think mm. our personality types of seven and nine um, are the types of people to go out and like kind of try something new and, and put it out there. Okay. So anything fun and new and exciting is going to be right up a sevens alley. So it makes it, it makes perfect sense that you would want to, to do a podcast. Um, but I think of like seven and nine together is kind of like nine's going to be pretty grounding. You know, they're going to bring a lot of, um, um, solidity to things and like, you know, um, routines are going to be better with nines and processes and things like that. And sevens are going to bring a lot of ideas, but maybe need to get called back to, no, no, no. We said we were going to do it like this sometimes. 
So I could see the two of you being a really great team. And obviously, you already are. <laughs> Is that yeah, I would, I, yeah that, that helps as well. Um, I know some of the stuff, so I, I emailed you this, Danny, but some of the stuff I resonated with less um, were eager and future-oriented. Um, I really struggle like planning for the future and thinking about long-term goals. And I'm more of like a, um, like live in the future. Have you ever seen the movie, the spectacular now? No, it's a good movie, but it's like about a kid who just like lives in the moment and can't get out of it. And it's hard to think about the future. I find myself thinking about that or find myself in that Avenue. Um, and was wondering like what in my test or what in a seven, Suggest that suggest that I could be future oriented, and why do I feel like I'm not? Okay, well, sometimes we get something in our mind, like you have this movie in your mind, and you're like, I'm not at all like that guy, right? And so sometimes that can influence how we feel like we act, we are. But my question is, so because sevens are known as a future oriented type, um, mm-hmm. many. There are three types. And so like, and what that can look like that's not like the movie is if you're eating breakfast, maybe you're thinking about what's going to be for lunch or what's going to be for dinner. Is that? Mm -hmm. that Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like I'll be laying in bed as I'm getting up and like trying to think about like what I need to do like exactly next. Yes. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, I'm doing your, your, Sometimes sevens have a hard time being in the moment, like actually in the moment, like you're finishing up something and you can't help but be on to your next thing in your mind. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate too? It's yeah. like you can hardly wait to do the next thing. The thing you're on is already boring by the time you started it and you're ready to do something different. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> definitely resonates. And, and okay. um, yeah, there, there are, um, I, I guess this was mentioned in it as well, but um, it says what is important to sevens is being free, having options and creating more possibilities for their future. So that definitely resonates where you're just like, I, you want to have the options open. You don't want to close any doors. Uh, and that's, that's really how I feel a lot of the time as well. Yeah. I think seven, a word that can really exemplify the type seven is possibility. Like that's oh. a word. Okay. I'll take that. Um, yeah. I also am like looking at my test and there's a few, you know, um, categories or types that are really close. Um, like my number two is really close. Um, what if your top two or in my case, my top three are really close together? Um, how, like, I feel like it could have, in a lot of the questions that I answered, I felt kind of 50, 50 on, Uh um, and there were some questions that were like, obviously, because when you're taking the test, you have an option of two choices basically with every question. And there mm-hmm. were some that I was really close on and others that I was like, that's an easy answer. Um, could some of those ones that I was really close on, if I had answered the other way, would it have swayed my results? And how do you kind of interpret when your top three are really close um, together and which type you are? Okay, that's a great question. Tell me your top three again. So my number two, oh, so my, first, my highest one is... Um, uh, number seven, and then okay. just two points below that is number two, and then just okay. a point below that is number eight. Okay, very good. Okay, so um, it depends on your numbers a little bit. Sometimes tests don't give you a really accurate result, but the way to check that is to go back to the motivation. If you resonate with 
the core fear of being trapped or limited or bored or FOMO and the desire of being happy and satisfied and content. Like if you resonate with the sevens core motivations, then you know you're in the right neighborhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I would do with a client is, is ask them questions about those core motivations, which we kind of did last time. Um, and the two's motivation is to be loved and appreciated mm -hmm. that I would say, is that more important to you or is it more important to you to be satisfied and content, you know, really close for you, right? Yeah. yeah. So here's where the Enneagram gets even more interesting is the next layer is to find out what your subtype is. So there's nine different views on the world as represented by these nine types. But then each type is broken down again into three more segments, which are known as your subtype, okay? And so this is how you start to dial in, like, um, what kind of seven am I? Does this resonate with me? And so um, just having talked with you, um, I can tell that you're resonating with most of what type seven is. But if we were in a session, we would talk a little bit more deeply and then we would talk subtypes, and there is a subtype of seven that looks a lot like type two. And your next number, the eight, when you talked about how much you resonated with type eight, um, that goes to the structure of the Enneagram known as wings. And wings are the number that are um, on either side of your own number. So mm. for you'd either be a seven wing eight or a seven wing six. And what that means is if you're a seven wing eight, which it, it sounds like you could be based on the fact that you like to have intense arguments with people just for fun and like you, you don't mind that, that that feels really comfortable. You might have some of that intensity of type eight because of a type eight wing. Mm-hmm. A wing is basically doesn't change your core type. Your core type never changes. It always stays the same and you can get healthier or unhealthier in it as mm -hmm. we did before, but you can take on the flavor of these other numbers that you're connected to. So a seven with an eight flavor sounds a little bit like how you're describing yourself to me. Yeah. Seven with a little eight flavor with a little two yeah. sprinkled in. I mean, definitely with I resonate a, a lot with some of the two, um, but yeah. But, uh, but there are a lot of things in the two that I don't resonate with. Um, I yeah. think two is like um, altruistic and um, what was the other big describing word of a two? Um, well, they can be kind of people pleasing also. Yeah. And often you don't see that as much in type seven, you mm -hmm. know, said with like a type two is going to be very concerned with what people think of them and mm -hmm. just about I didn't care if Kevin was mad at me like whatever yeah. like um, it's sounding more like that um, that the two doesn't quite yeah. fit but if a stranger is mad at me like someone I don't <laughs> know like that like oh. everyone has to like me but wow. I, Kevin I already know likes me right so he's in the category of people <laughs> that like me but if it's like a new person that person has to like me and if it's like a stranger yeah. or like a waiter at a restaurant or someone I'm like a neighbor I'm walking by and I just say, Hey, like I need to know that that person likes me. <laughs> yeah. So that's really close. That, that would definitely, um, if you're not fully resonating with seven, then I would definitely take more time with you and ask you more okay. things about it too. And, and then that I have, 
So mistyping is common, um, mm -hmm. but it helps to talk through things with people who really know the Enneagram. Okay, and then quickly, um, before we run out of time, and I'm sure this is something you talk about in your, um, when you're meeting with people, do you find that the position in the family has a oh, big impact question. on their personality yeah. type? Like whether they're, if they're the oldest, if they have a big family, if they're the youngest of that big family, if they're an only child, if they're middle, if they're the oldest male, if they're, you know, all those different factors, do you find that um, has a big, has a big impact or that can kind of be the motivating factors behind their personality type? Okay, that's fascinating. And I was actually thinking about that today, wondering what position in the family you two held and how many other children there might be in the family. Any guesses? Because um, there are some correlations. It's not hard rules, right? Well, I was going to say, here's, here's what I can kind of assess just knowing your types and being mm -hmm. able to talk to you a little bit. Um, see type ones as being firstborn because they like to take charge. They like to be in, in control and they're pretty responsible. So often, you know, parents like having a type one in the number one position because yeah. they're going to, right. Um, nines, sometimes nines can be uh, the middle child position because they don't want to make um, or they can also be the youngest if there are a bunch of personalities that are really big and, and, and require a lot of attention and energy from the parents that are before them. So a nine can be like the baby of the family if there are some strong personalities that are older than them. And often you find sevens as youngest because um, or they be um, the person in the family who is the comic relief. If, if there's struggle in the family or if there's like conflict in the family, you find nines sometimes trying to balance that or sevens trying to lessen um, the, the intensity by lightning mood. So um, <clears throat> I could guess. Um, so that's, the, that's what I would go on as far as um, you guys. I, I don't think yeah, you're the there, only. There's four of us. There's four of us. Two girls, okay. two boys. Okay. Two girls and two boys. Okay, so I don't think either one of you is the oldest. Um, is that a, or am correct. I wrong? We're correct. not the oldest. That's correct. Okay. Okay, neither one of you is the oldest, but I think one of you is the youngest. Um, no. I'm, no. Hmm. Who did you no. think? No, okay. I thought maybe that Danny was the youngest. Not oh, sure. Yes, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> That is devastating. But I that don't know. I don't know you super well. Really? Oh, I'm oh, so I'm sorry. Oh, I'm devastated. I'm absolutely <laughs> devastated. No, you're well, not. Well, we have come to I... the interview with a mustache looking like a 40-year-old. So I think mm -hmm. that's, what, that's <laughs> what helped me. But it How goes, do I think you're in the middle? I am in the middle. I'm number three. Are you? Okay. I'm number three. I'm right, right in the middle. So, Danny, are you second born? I'm second oldest, yeah. So okay. we have an older sister who definitely – you know, um, you know, was, was more organized. She was definitely in charge. She, um, she kept us in line. She whooped us when we needed to be, uh, like would physically beat us up when we were really little. And, um, and so, yeah, she definitely fits the, the, the oldest, um, stereotypes, the t stereotypes that come with being oldest. And then, yeah, Kevin and I mm -hmm. in the middle, and then we have a baby sister, um, okay. or a, a younger sister, sister who, is um, I don't know where Kels, Kels would fall on the 
on the uh, list. Maybe a two. Uh, yeah, probably a two or a seven. Not sure. Pretty, but pretty it's similar. it's funny. We have this trend in our extended family. There's a lot of families of four, and it just so happens to be the second one is always kind of the troublemaker, the button pusher. Um, yeah, yeah. Of all the cousins, of I guess all, that's of all the cousins, true. there's this trend that the second born is is definitely the the troublemaker, the instigator. Wow. <laughs> Yes, Danny. He's calling you right out. Oh yeah, I I I, I appreciate that that title. I, we're probably you like yeah. it, <laughs> of course. Well, that's all I got, Kev. That's great. Are you sure? You, did you get to talk about yourself enough, Danny? Yes, I feel yeah. I feel good. Just want to make sure you got to get all your your questions out there. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't don't want any conflict after we get off the call. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, uh-huh. or, or anything like that. So <laughs> great. Um, yeah, I think this was super helpful to have a, a, a second therapy session. I hope uh-huh. you're not billing us for this because I'm just going to tell you you got lost in the mail <laughs> to avoid that. Oh, conflict. man. <laughs> uh, but uh, we really do appreciate it. I'm waiting uh, for the Ritz family edition. We'll get the whole family next oh, time. That would wow. be an adventure. Yes, that would be. Um, but, yes, Danny Cooper, thank you so much for your time again. Where can people find you? And it sounds like you still are available even in this time um, of social distancing, it might be a great time to talk to you. Yeah, it really is. I've actually talked to a lot of people during this time when they're just looking for some new skills of um, managing the people in them in their lives and um, how to be in relationship in a healthy way, even during a crazy time. So um, you can find me at deepwatersenneagram.com. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Deepwaters Enneagram and also on Facebook at the same place. And if you hop onto my website, you can join my email list and get a free PDF of all the nine Enneagram types. And I'll be hosting a webinar sometime soon also. So be on the chat. Okay. Yeah. I'd encourage you. Again, this was very helpful. Thank you so much for doing it a second time with us too. Uh, just remember, the first one was even better than this. This one's still yeah, pretty just... awesome, though. <laughs> that right. was the prize. Yeah, Thanks for exactly. having me, you guys. It was great. Thanks, Danny. All righty. So thanks again to Danny uh, for joining us. Again, Deepwater's Enneagram. Uh, we can't thank her enough for doing the interview twice uh, and for just all we learned about each other and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to apologize um, for that $30 shenanigans I pulled on you. Uh, yeah, but I would not expect league. I would not expect a refund from me. I just bought a house, bro. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah, not don't, cheap. Don't finish. expect a refund from me on that one. <laughs> so that one's sticking. Uh, but it was really fun. And uh, so if you work with a small team or, or maybe want to do that with roommates or sharing, <laughs> sharing the house with a loved one this mm-hmm. quarantine season, Reach out to Danny. It was awesome. It was really fun, and I would definitely recommend her. So thanks again uh, for joining us. Any any other thoughts on? I mean, yeah. I, I My favorite thing that she said is being self-aware is an extremely yes. valuable and important <clears throat> quality to have. And we all know people in our lives, leaders in the community, our bosses, people we work with, who have zero self-awareness and we don't like those people because of that. 
one of the main reasons we don't like people is because they're not self-aware and they don't know their flaws. And so if, if maybe you think, maybe you're the type of person who you don't know if you're not so if you're self-aware or not, you're probably not. So do some introspective thinking and, um, and try to become aware of your flaws because being aware of your flaws is one of my favorite qualities in people. When you say, yeah. Oh, I like that guy. You know, part of the reason is because he knows what, you know, what his flaws are or her. Yeah. Uh, and we took, so this is a, another great way to pass the time. Uh, in quarantine, we took the ready Enneagram test. If you just Google ready in an Enneagram test, that's R H E T I. Um, the test we took, it cost 12 bucks. Um, you're not able to go out to bars right now. So it's like two beers, um, that you're basically, you know, paying for, for the test. So it's a nice activity. It's fun. It gives you this whole discussion guide to just to go through. Uh, so I'd recommend taking it while you have all this time on your hands. So uh, thanks again to Danny for joining us. Uh, and now that, that guest we teased, um, mm-hmm. is going to be a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he gets his butt touched by Patrick Mahomes on a regular basis. He's one of he's him and Patrick Mahomes are the only people to touch the ball on every single offensive snap. Uh, it's Austin Ryder, uh, the center for the Super Bowl champion, Kansas city chiefs joins us next week. Can't wait. I know it's it's a really fun interview. We already taped it. Uh, it was a blast. Austin was um, a lot of fun to talk to. I found out that it's Austin Ryder, not Austin Reader. Um, it's right, not wrong. Right? That's how if you look up. If you it. look up on his pro football uh, reference page, it says how to, how to pronounce everyone's name. So I knew that. Oh, oh well, well, good. Kudos, 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 kudos to you. Yep, um, thank you. <laughs> that's probably your personality type coming out that you have to be right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. So, we, we, we just, um, we just basically got off the phone with Austin and, um, super fun interview. Um, you're definitely going to want to listen to it next week. Yeah. So that's, so our, nice. that's how we're going to celebrate our one year anniversary. Uh-huh. Exactly. We'll so, champ. Yep. Yep. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen next week as we celebrate, uh, one year in the podcast biz. Uh, and that's it uh, for this week. Be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we will see you around Kansas City. Bye.